The hall was thick with the smell of sweat and aftershave, and the oil that clung to recently cleaned 9mm Brownings, Glock semi-automatic pistols, Heckler and Koch MP5 carbines. Though she'd taken the firearms training course at Lippitz Hill, Maddie herself, like roughly half the officers present, was unarmed. All this for one bloke, Draper said. This time Maddie didn't even bother to nod. She could sense the fear coming off Draper's body, read it in his eyes. From his position near the door, the superintendent cast an eye across the hall, then spoke to Morris Repton, his DCI. Repton smiled and checked his watch. All right, gentlemen, he said, and ladies, let's nail the bastard. Outside, the light was just beginning to clear. Maddie found herself sitting across from Draper inside the transit, their knees almost touching. To her right sat an officer from SO-19, ginger moustache curling round his reddish mouth. Whenever she looked away, Maddie could feel his eyes following her. When the van went too fast over a speed bump and he jolted against her, his hand for an instant rested on her thigh. Sorry, he said, and grinned. Maddie stared straight ahead, and for several minutes closed her eyes, willing the image of their target to reappear as it had on the screen. James William Grant, born Hainold, Essex, October the 20th, 1952. A week then, Maddie thought, of his 52nd birthday. Birthdays were on her mind. Armed robbery, money laundering, drug dealing, extortion conspiracy to murder, more than a dozen arrests, and only one conviction. Grant had been a target for years. Phone taps, surveillance, the meticulous unravelling of his financial dealings here and abroad. The closer they got, the more likely it was that Grant would catch wind and flee somewhere the extradition laws rendered him virtually untouchable. It's time we took this one down, Mallory had said at the end of his briefing. Way past time. Five years before, an associate of Grant's, ambitious enough to try and freelance some Colombian cocaine conveniently mislaid between Amsterdam and the Sussex coast, had been shot dead at the traffic lights midway along Pentonville Road, smack in the middle of the London rush hour. After a trial lasting seven weeks and costing three quarters of a million pounds, one of Grant's lieutenants had eventually been convicted of the killing while Grant himself had slipped away scot-free. "'What do you think?' Paul Draper asked, leaning forward. "'You think he'll be there? Grant?' Maddie shrugged. "'He fucking better be,' the firearms officer said, touching the barrel of his carbine, much as earlier he had touched Maddie's leg. "'Feather in our fucking cap, landing a bastard like him.' He grinned. All I hope is, he don't bottle out and give it up, come walking out with his hands behind his fucking head. As the transit veered left off Liverpool Road, someone towards the rear of the van started humming tunelessly. Heads turned sharply in his direction, and he ceased as abruptly as he'd begun. Sweat gathered in the palms of Maddie's hands. There pretty soon, Draper said, to nobody in particular. Gotta be. 
Conscious that the man next to her was staring more openly, Maddie turned to face him. What? she said. What? The man looked away. Once, after a successful operation in Lincoln, her old patch, a good result, she and this officer, who'd been eyeing her all evening, had ended up with a quick grope and cuddle in a doorway. His hand on her breast, her hand between his legs. What in God's name had made her think about that now? We're getting close, the driver said over his shoulder. One side of York Way was derelict, half hidden behind blackened walls and wire fencing. On the other, old warehouses and small factories were in the process of being converted into loft apartments. Underground parking, 24-hour portering, 15-year-old prostitutes with festering sores down their legs and arms.